African traditional medicine, or what we'll call ATM for now, has been used for many years across the African continent. But with colonialism, the relevance of this medicine started diminishing and Western medication was, was introduced and in many cases has actually become more prevalent. It can be said that African traditional medicine is part of our African heritage, but there are a number of common myths um, and stereotypes that are held around uh, this type of of, met- of medication. Now, what is the history of African traditional medicine across the different African countries? And does this type of medication need more attention? And do we actually need to educate people about it? And Dr. Komo, a, a very warm welcome to you once again. Lovely to have you here. Thank you for having me. Now, you being the, the, <laughs> the guru of all things African, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask you to just take us back a bit and, and give us a bit of history around African traditional medicines on, on, on the continent as, as a whole. Okay. First and foremost, I'd like to say that when I was told that you're going to do African traditional medicine today, I just relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this your thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm an African. You're an African. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, African traditional medicine is very interesting. It's part of our indigenous knowledge system. That's the first thing. And uh, basically, it is very powerful, and it has worked, and it's working. And uh, I think uh, we have actually got to uh, take over African uh, medicine and go along with it. But there's a very sad thing about African traditional medicine. When you talk of traditional healing or anything like that, just like about some two to three weeks ago, there was an article in the city press. When you talk of African uh, medicine, the first thing that they show, they show bones which have been thrown on the ground. Now, that's been done on purpose. It's still a continuation of the old colonial and uh, the missionary thing of actually playing down let, African traditional medicine. Let, let's that's not on, what it's all about. Let's hop on that then. Yeah. What is it and what is it not? Yes. First of all, I mean, it's not issues of throwing bones to come and tell or diagnose what a person is all about or the thing of hitting the, beating the drums. Although there is some other things, shamanism, where the thing comes, but that has got another part of the medical history. African traditional medicine, basically, it's real medicine, potent medicine, and the use of uh, herbal medicines, what is grown in the felt and everywhere else, actually to cure some diseases and very complex diseases. Uh, We should understand that uh, most of Africans do not have access to doctors. I mean, at times the nearest doctor can be 200 kilometers, miles away. But you'll find people leaving, babies being born, babies growing, and they're quite healthy. Yeah, But uh, they're looked after if they get ill through African traditional medicine. And that is where the whole thing is. And funny enough, after many years of playing down and ridiculing African traditional medicine, right now you find that the European uh, uh, sort of uh, universities and also pharmaceutical companies, they've got sections that they call uh, indigenous or uh, yeah, indigenous uh, biology or botany. And they come to Africa very quietly. They go to the old communities and they actually see what these people are using and they take the things back to the labs. And then they come up with very good drugs which are patented. Yeah. And, but then that comes from the indigenous knowledge of people, not only in Africa, in South America, in Asia, and, the, and all over the world. So would it then be correct to say that African traditional medicine is botany? 
It is botany. It's based in botany. That, that, that's exactly what it that's is. That's what it's all about. I mean, because when it started, it started it's been studied in uh, departments of botany. I mean, to say I can even talk of friends who actually sort of um, in Tanzania, uh, chemists who actually used to go and do steam distillation to actually extract the potent issues from these things and analyze them and actually check them how they work. So it's using trees, plants, roots, Many herbs. things, not only that, even dirt, what even we could call dirt. Thesis, we can talk about that. I mean to say that uh, there is a, there's a disease in soil, they call it degedege, which is basically fits. Now when kids get fits, they use what they call um, mavi mavi. What mavi mavi really is a plant, the leaves of a plant. But what mavi really is in Swahili, it means feces. It stings. It's a, we use it as a sting bomb. You crush it and then you throw it. It smells. Yeah. But then they used to use that to come and get kids back when they actually hit with, uh, with, 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 with feet. And then I came, when I was in uh, Ethiopia, uh, we had a talk as journalists. There was a lady from Cameroon who was complaining about abuse of kids. They say that in Cameroon, kids who are caught up with feet, they take them and they put their heads in a in a pit toilet, yeah? To her, that was actually sort of abusing. But I said, no, that thing works. It is actually the aromatics, the sniffing salts, the smells, the very sharp smells, which get the person back. And funny enough, the same thing was shown on, uh, on Kumbula Ekaya. There was a girl who found a uh, mother's people, and she complained that she actually gets these serious headaches. And the... Uh, and told us, no, that's a family thing, and we know how to cure it, how to deal with it. They said, we go to the toilet, to a pit toilet, and we sniff the sharp smells. And mm. they even showed her being taken to a toilet. So there's an action marked it's neurological a, reaction is, Yes, there is. And now uh, with, um, with actually medication to the brain, the quickest way of getting that medication is through the nose. It's through the yes, nose. Those are aromatics. They revive the neurons and things like that. But that is a uh, traditional medicine. Let's introduce uh, Makos Pepsile Masego from the Traditional Healers Organization, uh, the national coordinator there. Thank you so much uh, for joining us and welcome. Thank, thanks so much. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you so much to to you and the listeners. And good good evening to the guests. Good evening. Yes, so we, it's the three of us right now, as long as well as uh, the entire nation that the eyes are Como. But you know, we started off this conversation uh, by saying what. African traditional medicine is and what it is not. Um, and, and we're talking, Dr. Komo actually made this point, Uguti, a lot of the time when people talk about African traditional medicine in a documentary or something that he was watching, the first thing that they showed were bones that were being thrown and drums, etc. But that is not necessarily what African traditional medicine is. Is this a viewpoint that you also um, agree with? What is your standpoint? Um. Yes, traditional uh, medicine is actually it's 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 a whole lot of things. It, it's it's substances, um, it's substances, medicines, minerals, all of that put together in a package that are used, you know, to treat condition uh, health conditions, different health conditions, and and through 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 all of that. There are different modalities for healing that you may have to engage in. And and, and and the bond readings and all of those are part of the modalities that probably you may need to use, you know, for consultations and so on. But then it is not necessarily a modality, but rather you may say it's some of the devices 
the, the, the traditional medical devices that you apply when you want to arrive at, 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 at a diagnostic result. So, but, but in a nutshell, traditional, African traditional medicine, it's, it's, it's substances, it's minerals, it's medicinal plants uh, in fauna and flora. You know, it's, it's, it's all of that put together, you know, used to, to respond to ill health. On that on that point, I mean, I think you made two very distinct, um, you know, points there. One is the treatment, uh, you know, which includes the plants, the minerals, etc. And the other mm. is the diagnosis. But if if one chooses not to go the diagnosis of of the of of the bones and you know uh, calling on ancestral spirits uh, or or whatever diagnostic means that that you would use, one can still use the actual medicine. Because it's, you know, my understanding of it, and please correct me if I'm wrong, is that the two are not necessarily linked. It's not like you can't have one without the other. In the sense that even Westerners who will not, who would not have gone through the diagnostic process that perhaps you might use, could also benefit from African traditional uh, medicine. I mean, surely you, you, you can be able to, you, you can be able to, 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 to to kind of, you know, uh, be assisted with treatment in in either way. The first one is is the one that you've just mentioned to say, if if I if if I I, I feel that my my body is somehow symptomatic and and I see the symptoms in me and I feel I need to respond to it, then I can go to to a herbalist. And that person is called a herbalist because remember, traditional medicine, traditional health practice is now regulated by the Traditional Health Practitioners Act, Act Number 22 of 2007, which detects to us who then becomes a healer. You know, in that act, it stipulates four categories. Even though we're saying now the act has been limited in how they see a healer, but then now, um, because we are in a process of reviewing the very same act, it's now that we are going to be able to input. And, and amend the act to ensure that it becomes a reflective make a piece of legislation that is able to speak to us. Now, there are four categories of practitioners, and the first one is, is diviners, is angoma, which I find myself known as angoma. The second, the second category is that of um, uh, herbalists, which are equivalent of, of pharmacists. And then the third category is that of traditional, um, uh, traditional uh, surgeons, which are responsible for initiation uh, processes, you know, boy or, or girl initiation and so on. And then the third one, the fourth one is that of traditional birth attendants, who, who, are, your, who are normally women who are responsible for traditional gynecology, um, you know, who have been used in, in many areas, in many communities, and, and, and still being used today. So those are the four categories that we, we, we currently are looking into you know, uh, as, as per the, the, the legislation. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we cannot go beyond that because there are quite a number of traditional medicine, like Western medicine has its own uh, general practitioners and its own specialists. So we are now trying to build it, to, you know, to amend it, to ensure that it inculcates all the different categories and the different modalities of healing, you know, so that at least if a person goes to a healer, 
the person should know what exactly should they bargain for. I mean, what exactly should they look after? So that, they, so that healers themselves are aware, I mean, should be informed that they also need to make sure that they give value for the money that patients pay and ensure that traditional medicine practice is as ethical as any other form of, of healing science. Now, let me ask you, and Dr. Homo, uh, what has the, the impact of, of colonialism uh, been on, on the use of, of traditional medicines? Well, the impact of colonialism, and not only colonialism, the whole cultural, uh, the whole uh, colonial cultural aspect of uh, so-called modernity, is this that we have lost a lot of information. I mean, uh, what uh, our lady is talking about is actually sort of indigenous knowledge in uh, health amongst health practitioners. You know, you should remember that uh, with uh, before the the Western medicine coming to the African continent amongst African people. People were actually dependent upon uh, traditional pract- uh, practitioners and also traditional medicines, which were well put there as um, uh, using uh, herbs, salts, very important, yeah, and, and things like that. But colonialism, basically, we have lost it. I mean, to say that right now the most important people that we have are the old folks who know the roots, who know the herbs, who know the salts, who know whatever it is, yeah. Now, and how how would you, Dato Komo, um, respond to somebody who says, "Well, all of these things are just superstition." Well, I would not say they're superstition because, first thing, they work, yeah. But uh, one thing I would say is that um, our lady talked about uh, the bones and everything else, and say that is a a way of diagnose. Well, I respect every people's view. But you see now there, that's where the problem is that we are mixing two things of Busangom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with Busangom. Even the Western people have got it. They've got their clairvoyance, they've got their whatnot. Their terracotta. The Chinese leaders. have got it. Yeah. But now let me take you to China. As I said, the Chinese have got their, their superstitious things and how they do things. In China, the government of China, when it came to traditional medicine, they actually took the practitioners and they've regulated it. They've not regulated it as a practice, but they've regulated it to actually help and, com- and complement the Western medicine system that is there. Because the Chinese government, they knew with about, at that time, maybe 600 million people, yeah, that was in the 50s, they could not put a system which could serve all the people. And most people are dependent upon traditional uh, medicine, as in South Africa. So they actually went into things of researching these medicines, yeah, and actually sort of uh, categorizing and having a compodium or something about traditional medicine. So that if you go to China today, you find that traditional uh, health practices are there, from acupuncture to herbalist to the salts, and it's practiced side by side with uh, Western medicine. The same thing is happening in India, yeah, in Africa, I don't know that the government has not gone full in it, although the CSIR is doing it. But again, now we find that you're trying to accommodate, you're regulating the whole thing in terms of practitioner, who is a practitioner, what money to pay, and whatnot. But we have not actually address the most important thing of the indigenous knowledge not being lost. So really, Dr. Homa, what you're saying is that this is about an integration of indigenous knowledge into the mainstream. It has got to be done. Let, let me ask you, Makos um, Pepside, do you find that as traditional healers, there is 
a, a sense of, of want of, of wanting to to own the the entire indigenous knowledge in other words are you open to having um, you know indigenous African traditional medicine being administered administered alongside the the Western medicine without it necessarily being part of your due restriction as as diviners I'm not sure if if the, the the question is clear enough, but then try let me just respond in this way to say it 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 is our responsibility and a duty that we have as practitioners to ensure that we provide quality health care to to consumers of African traditional medicine and 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 in 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 saying this, we are saying as practitioners, we are very much open to to, to developments within the profession of traditional medicine. However, what remains a preoccupation all the time is we do not want another hardcore scientist that has a neoliberal kind of an agenda on what is African and what is African traditional medicine to come in and impose on how research on African traditional medicine has to be done. But instead, we are saying we have our own researchers within the within the industry of African traditional medicine, people that are passionate, people that have gone to school, people that are, that are equivalent to Western uh, researchers that are willing you know, to, 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 you know, to, 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 to conduct research and development activities on African traditional medicine. And for, for, for far too long, we've, we've tried to protect and harbor African traditional, the indigenous knowledge systems that we have in Africa because we wanted a time where we feel we are at least acknowledged for the knowledge, where we feel that we, you know, our knowledge is working towards developing us as, as a people, us as a community of, of traditional medicine uh, knowledge pro- pro- uh, providers. Because what has always been happening is that we have seen a lot of conglomerate companies that have always labeled us as superstitious, coming into our space, you know, taking all, stealing all the indigenous knowledge. And, and from that, they develop effective drugs. That have that that have given them that have profited them so much over the years, and 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 those drugs are in the form of morphine, among others are in the form of panadols, you know, a number of Western drugs, you know, that you current that you currently enjoy as a client who thinks that you are too godly, you are a Christian, you cannot consume anything that is African traditional medicine, and yet. You do not know that the very kind of medicine that has been prescri- prescribed to you is African medicine. So that is why we are saying, for as long as the the, the, the level ground, the level the, the level ground is not so well leveled, it's very difficult for us to continue to dish out this information. We would rather have to click on it until such time that we find, you know, arguments with a backup of legal team that is funded by government to get our interest with a serious interest in us without infiltration from from the West or any other countries that have interest in continuous biopiracy because currently what you see is that there's continued biopiracy in African traditional medicine. I mean as I speak to you now, Tommy, we have floods and floods of communication from from universities abroad of students that are wanting to do internship with us, inter- I mean, research with us. And you definitely can pick up from this that it is not necessarily people that have, that, that have the interest 
um, uh, of, of, of tradition, African traditional medicine at heart. It's true that I want to come in, conduct biopiracy, and go into their own respective countries to develop their countries through our knowledge. And now we're saying no, hands off to that. That is why we, we, we feel as traditional health practitioners, we need to strengthen the member act. We need to sit in the platform of the environmental uh, uh, department, the environmental affairs department, to say this is how we want our knowledge, which has been stolen for so many years, to come back to benefit our own community. And we'll leave it. We'll leave, uh, Mam Papsile. Uh, we'll leave it at that uh, for now. Uh, time is not necessarily uh, on our side. But as as we round off this evening, what do you think would need to be done in order to to regulate? Um, you know, the use of African traditional medicine. I mean, you made this example of China a bit earlier on, Mm -hmm. saying that they have managed to take their indigenous knowledge and and, and put it on par with Western medicine and and perhaps sometimes even superseding. I mean, we can go to any um, homeopath, any, um, you know, and and buy Chinese traditional medicine off the shelf. And you know what? It works. It works, yeah. It's in bottles. It's in bottles. You you, you can buy it in tea bags. (laughs) You can buy it in drops. You see, the thing is this, that uh, African governments have actually sort of uh, lagged behind. Even South Africa has lagged behind. As our lady is saying, that uh, the intellectual property has been taken by other people. Countries like India, they're very, very sharp in that. China, very sharp. You just cannot come with, um, take hold of indigenous knowledge and you go and patent it. You know, there's got to come there. But, I mean, the government has got to take this very serious. They've not taken it serious enough, although CSIR is doing a job. But I think it's got to be done at a greater level at universities and things like that. And another thing, um, science doesn't go to whether it's a neoliberal or whether it's um, Marxist or what. Science is just a tool. It works for anybody. I think we should actually take hold of it and move forward. What I'd love to do is just to take one very quick call because they've been very insistent, but um, I'll allow you on air if you'll be just one minute. Um, and But before we, we do that, Osam Gelo says, African traditional medicine is a feeder for Western medicine. They don't acknowledge it in their research breakthrough. Uh, Western says, it's always good to hear from Tate Komo. Osam uh, Gelo, Mr. Komo is so right about African traditional medicine being tarnished by showing or making it synonymous uh, with Sangomas. I think that that's the distinction that some people are, are wanting there. Paseka from Mtata, uh, one minute for you, please. Just a quick one to supplement what Tate Komo is saying. You shall recall the time that uh, in Smith Drift in the Northern Cape, there was a some sort of a medicine which was discovered. I think it was called Sadalandia, which has been proved to be very much effective uh, for your slimming purposes and what have you. But what is rather strange is that it has never been patented to belong to the Smith Rift community. Now, if had it not been discovered by CSIR, I believe that it would have been dismissed as just one of those routes which are being classified as being superstitious. Thank you. All right, Paseka, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. This issue of ownership, should we be wanting to own these things? Or I mean, or, or should we... It's very serious because, I mean, to say when these things are taken over by the international companies... They also take it over and they own it. And you're going, you who are using it, I mean, if you want to do anything with it, you've got to go you've to them. You've then had to go back yeah, and, and it's like Roy, uh, like Roy Boss. The Roy Boss was almost taken over by an American company. So very quickly, are we being protected as, um, as Africa? 
No, you're not being and protected. So, and South Africa, when so, you're not being protected. So when these roots are found, when these herbs are found, and the properties are found, we are not protected at the moment. Most of it, they're not protected. But again, for that uh, cactus, which was for use for slimming, I mean, we knew it as small kids that uh, the the sun. They used to use this cactus. Isn't which it Houdia? Isn't yeah, it yeah. Houdia or something? Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, it's not Houdia, but they chew it just to come and uh, kill thirst. Yeah, but it's not. It doesn't belong to that community. It was general knowledge. As a kid, we knew that um, the sons in the in the in the Kalahari they used to do that. There are stories written about that. Mm. So again, it was indigenous knowledge. It was all over the region, not th- even th- to that one community. I think it should be great to have a conversation with the CSIR specifically oh, ab- yes. ab- about this. That's fantastic. And, and we'll make sure that you are part of that conversation oh, as well, Dr. Komo. Thank you so much uh, for your time and, and your input once again, Dr. Isaacomo. Um He is a programs producer at Channel Africa, uh, which is um, our, our sister station there, as well as Mam Pepsi Lemaseko, traditional healers organization, the national coordinator there. And thank you as well at home for all your calls as well as your interaction this evening.